Welcome to the Double Fine Action Cast. I'm Chris Remo, and I'm here with Brad Muir, the project lead of Massive Chalice, and Brian Min, the audio director of Double Fine. Hello, Chris. Hello, Hello Brad. Chris. Hello, Hello, thanks Brad. for thanks for having us. I'm a little bit under the weather from E3 Plague, so hopefully nobody yeah. catches sipping this. sipping your tea, sucking you can, I totally, I'm about to suck this drop. Um, but yeah, I'm sipping this tea. I hope You're going to suck the drop. I hope that it's not um, contagious. I've heard that you can get this through your ears. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> so you might want to stop listening. Okay, you, you're new to this whole this whole promotion thing, I can tell. <laughs> no, 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 keep listening, keep listening. It's going to be great. We're In gonna... fact, you'll catch all the diseases if you stop listening. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a much better way. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to talk about um, audio and music direction in uh, Massive Chalice. So, Brian, you're the audio director at Double Fine. You've been here for a while. Uh, this is my seventh year, I know. I didn't think I could last that long, but... Seventh year. You yeah. made it. Congratulations. Yes, seventh year itch. Um, <laughs> so yeah, is it? Are you? Going, He's getting ready to run. He needs somebody to, <laughs> no. needs somebody to scratch no, uh, it. What, what is just, what? Just uh, so before we go, this is uh, as I, I don't mean to sound so corny, but uh, just watching Ma- Massive Chalice, uh, our second Kickstarter, you know, go off is whatever the numbers may be, it's so exciting because uh, if you think, really think about it, it's like sort of... <laughs> why are you this laughing sounds like, This sounds like... <laughs> is it? Look, it doesn't... Brad, whatever the numbers are, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter what the numbers are. Look, I'm, just, I'll be, I'm proud of you I no know, matter what. Yeah, I know it's not... Look, look, Tim's our favorite. We know we know the number's not as big as that number, but... But you're special fine. too. Yeah, you're so a beautiful, beautiful unique in snowflake. Way. I yeah, can't even fine. stop. Okay, stop it. Okay, I was gonna try to something that I said. I, I look over to Chris, and he's giving me this like. Uh, he's giving you the "What the hell are you talking about?" He's like, no, no. I just. It is exciting though. That no, it's, it, is it very, feels like, um, yeah, it just feels like a brand new thing, and it's like totally different, and it's you yeah. know, it's working, and it's it's exciting. It's awesome. It, it, well, it's exciting because uh, it's what you know. You know, we really laugh and stuff. Chairs in this room. <laughs> I don't know why. Out of my way. Okay. Uh, b- despite the fact that uh, you know. You can be jaded or whatever about how the game industry works. Just to see this happen, just the fact that I saw you drawing sketches of this game idea, and then like we're about to make it. It's just it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And and to to be more specific about the our audio podcast, uh, so excited for any people who are in, involved in uh, game audio. The fact that um, you know you care about game audio so much, I think it means a lot. And and it's it's so encouraging uh, that even though it's a very small game. Uh, uh, well, it's massive, but it's you know <laughs> in the context of sure, how I mean AAA, compared to AAA budgets yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. like uh, yeah. Massive Chalice is going to be a small game compared to you know, but it's got a Destiny. lot of heart. Yeah, <laughs> but but the fact that uh, that you care about uh, what audio brings to a game like that is just super encouraging, and I think in in that sense we're going to be able to get. Uh, that much more innovative and exciting and creative kinds of way to do things that other larger budgeted c- games can't do, and so mm-hmm. very exciting. And it does well, it doesn't mean a lot to me. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of I don't know just emotional weight that you can bring with music and, mm-hmm. and sound effects alone, and it's like it's something that often gets overlooked. I think yeah. um, for for other games, and it's also you know bang for the buck. Like you know that's my producer hat yep. is that it's like you don't need to spend that much on it in order to have like a real solid impact on yeah. your actual experience. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, also, and, in a, in a, this game is very systems driven compared to a lot of games, and I think that all, that always offers a lot of opportunities for music and sound because the player is going to be perceiving 
very strong patterns over the course of the game because there's the repeating generations and there's you know the the uh, human houses versus the demonic invasion and there's things that will recur over the course of the game systemically and like being able to tie those to themes or audio cues or whatever yeah. and have those things create uh, strong associations in the player's mind is always incredibly powerful. I, I love that part, how yeah. it can help uh, cement like memories of a specific yeah. game. Like I think audio yeah. is really strong for that. Also, yeah. uh, smells and tastes. I've been told. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are we but, are we implementing the uh, yes, yes, the smell it comes thing. with stickers. Uh, yep, it'll be yeah. it'll be really great. You'll get those in the mail if you're nah. a backer yeah. and uh, scratch and sniff. <laughs> the odor, the odorous riff. Uh, demon yeah. poop sticker. It's gonna be awesome. So yeah, okay. Uh, back to audio. Yeah, back to audio. So yeah, like I so Brian, we worked together. Um, I mean, we worked together for over seven years. Then yeah, I guess because uh, I've been here longer than you. I just yes, wanted to have. throw that out there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but we worked together on brutal. Legend, and yep. uh, and then we worked together on uh, Trench, then Iron Brigade, mm-hmm. both of those titles, uh, and it was <laughs> it was really good. And we spent a lot of time just talking about like what we were looking for, and especially like okay, I'm totally doing this out of order, yeah. but um, talking about like sound effects, like about Foley yep. specifically, like how uh, at that time we were looking heavily at Dead Space mm-hmm. as being a big inspiration because yeah. they. Their vacuum stuff that they do, yeah. where they duck everything and they put a low pass filter on it, and it just you know it just has this huge huge oral impact mm-hmm. on your on your brain, yeah. Um, and it's something that you know it's so dramatic that it uh, you can't miss it. Yeah, and that's the that's the irony of it is because the production value or a lot of these AAA games comes in the the source assets, which is you know really expensive recordings. You have multi microphones and or whether it's famous voice actors or expensive gun shoots or cars explosions. But the thing, the reality is that the gamers tend to react a lot more to those kinds of clever mix changes, which wasn't as prevalent. It's certainly a lot more in vogue nowadays, and a lot of games are kind of more mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, that doesn't really it doesn't cost you a lot, but it's just that the impact that Dead Space had was not necessarily maybe their multi-gazillion dollars of Foley work that they did, but it was those state changes that you as yeah. a gamer noticed. Yep, that's a really good point. Yeah, and, and that is something that we can compete on at any level. It's just about being really clever and how you use the state changes to impact you know great depths, whether it's quick high passes, low pass, or ducking sounds out, you know, yep. volume, things like that. And we were know. able to put some of those tricks into uh, into Iron Brigade, like yeah. uh, the dampening generator. Yep. Like when you get when you step inside that thing, it's mm-hmm. sort of what was the effect that you used? We ended I, up I actually forget what the final effect was. But it was yeah, it was like a pitch shifting high pass. We actually found that when it was low pass, it just felt like it was muffling everything. So what we do is we mm-hmm. cut the sound, so it gave you the sense of like something being sucked in. But that was like the, you know affecting the slow turret. So there was a good yep. synergy between like the gameplay element, which the turret kind of slowed the player down, and that has a, like this graph correlation. So as you get closer inside the turret, it, it basically affects uh, the global. Uh, mixed state for yep. that particular player. Yeah, and then the uh, when the blitzers, any of the other large explosions would would hit you, we would like duck everything and then put like a tinnitus yeah. effect on there. And like yeah. that's, I mean, you know, it's something that's been done before, but it's just, you know, it's just a small thing that dramatically changes the soundscape of yeah. the game, and it just really helps like bring across like like help you see what the hell is happening. Yeah, and, yeah, it's good. And, and you you that you, you bring that up with the, the with the the tinnitus effect. You know, the, everyone knows this kind of does everything. Uh, every first person. It's like the ring. Remember that ringing really in your started ears. in like Half Life Two. I don't know if it started, but that was I remember. Actually, yeah, I think it was in Counter Strike. Counter Strike. Oh yeah, Counter-Strike, you're right. You're right. You're right. The On the single Half-Life player side, yeah. I remember it really started to become like uh, in vogue 
in that game where, mm-hmm. where yeah. they combine with throw a grenade at you and then yep. everything yep. is... You know. And really, that was the inspiration, right? So like, okay, that's really, really fun and people talk about that. That wasn't that at expensive at all, you know, but, but you talk about that because there's like this dramatic change that you can't kind of, you can't miss. So the idea was, that the cool thing about Iron Brigade was that we took that idea and sort of really thought about it. So we didn't spend... We didn't have the money to spend on crazy recording sessions. Of we couldn't record like cannons and tanks. Yeah. But we just, I just thought about that concept. What does that really mean? So we, I spent a lot of time tearing apart that concept of why is that so interesting. And so, I got to do a bunch of different versions of that tinnitus effect. Very like at least a dozen. So I iterated on that system rather than focusing on two weeks of uh, you know army recording of mm-hmm. the, the the tanks. And yeah. so and in that way. Very, very competitive. Even though the source assets wasn't that expensive, the system that it, that we used was very compelling. And so I, there was a lot of learning lessons. And so now going back to Massive Chalice, all those things that you talked about, I think we want to sort of infuse that for our players with this game for all the things that we learned. And there's also, I really like the um, the small budget creativity stuff. Like talk about the source assets. It's like, yeah, we can't, you know, it wasn't like, we had a Call of Duty budget where we could go like source an actual shotgun and whatever. And I remember you being like, "Hey, like listen to this. This is a shotgun." And yeah. it was so it was so amazingly crunchy the, yeah, the yeah. shotgun sound and cuz it actually I really like shotguns. So it was really it was really important to me like that we had a really great shotgun sound. Yeah. And um you were like you were like, "Yeah, listen to this." And it was like, you know, just this big crunchy crunchy shotgun sound. I was like, "That is that is awesome." I was like, "How, you know, what is what's going on there? And you were like, oh well, let me take this out, and it didn't sound crunchy anymore. And I was like, what is that? And then you played it isolated, and it was like broken glass. <laughs> yeah, I remember was, this? Yeah. It was like a crunchy broken glass, like people stepping on broken glass yeah. that you had like pitch shifted down and then dumped into the into the source asset, yeah, and yeah. it just beefed it up and made it sound like just like it was punching the head instead of just being like a normal and the, thing. yeah that was like a like a classic unconventional way to do sound design because i wasn't constrained to this big budgeted thing where like i know that musenberg shotgun and that's not right. how it sounds and so we need to actually go out and record one otherwise we'll have fans in an uproar or it's just not authentic we just didn't it didn't really matter so that in that sense you know we kind of pulled all the sort of Hollywood tricks uh, into the in, into the thing. So we basically had existing assets and we just try to be as creative as possible. And also it's great because you didn't uh, kind of blockade those kinds of things. It's very easy for project leads to philosophically feel like that's not the right thing to do. So, you know, you have to give yourself a tiny bit of credit, <laughs> Brad, for uh, allowing that creativity to but foster. Only, but only Funny a tiny, yeah, only a tiny bit. bit. Well, there's that. The so what, do you, what, are you guys, what are you guys thinking for Massive Chalice? What are, what are the kinds of things that are going through your brain at this point we haven't i feel like actually we've talked a lot about um, music more than more than sound effects mm-hmm. i feel like sound effects is more about like that philosophy of just being really obvious with sure. everything that we're doing and like you know looking for creative ways to like yeah looking for opportunities yeah just looking for opportunities to to be creative about mm-hmm. the actual sounds and and what they sound like i don't know i'm really excited about the demon you know we don't really know what the demons look like yet yeah, but I'm really excited about having them have a very strong audio language mm-hmm. um, that where it feels like there's a common thread, but each of them also have a distinct voice. Um, that's always awesome. Yeah, and that seems yeah. like a super fun thing for for 
audio guys. No, it, it really isn't. Uh, just uh, going back to the the audio signature thing too, like you know, uh, com- like kind of competing. Be- That's with good. The big and audio. I want all of the demons to have their own unique audio signature. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds so good. I'm gonna start using but, that. But it's the, it's that uh, you know, like can you make a compelling audioscape with what you've got? And it's always a it's it's actually a really fun challenge because I think just from a larger scale, you know, we're trying to do this game. Are on on with our terms and with the fans and and you know outside the system, it would be such a, a creatively gratifying thing to do to be able to do great compelling audio uh, outside the system and still be very compelling. And I mean, I don't know, I don't know what other mo- things to motivate a, a creative person other than that sheer fact. Like, I mean, it's not to it, it's something that's like a really uh, positive, mentally uh, energy like charging kind of thing to know that how can I just be really inventive and, and be creative so that I can have great creative and compelling assets uh, for our project, but, you know, with the limitations. And that's just really exciting because we're not constrained by other methods of do- doing things or uh, or kind of like some kind of market we're trying to please. It's just something that so, – so I think in that sense, uh, we have a lot of things that, that's going for it, and so we just have to be clever about it. But yeah. with Massive Chalice, I think, yeah um, – the, the soundscape really is just I don't know you were really big into organic whatever that means now yeah what does that mean <laughs> it means no hormones and <laughs> I don't know well the, we've artisanal talked a lot Tuscan yeah, artisanal <laughs> Tuscan audio signatures uh, so we've been we've actually talked a little bit about the music direction oh, for sorry, the game right. and like um, I really want because it's turn based game you know, it's like you're gonna take your turn and move all your heroes, and then like the um, the AI is gonna move all the demons around. Like, I really want to have an, a, a nice tonal shift between like the heroic theme and then the demonic theme. Yeah. My first idea was actually to take uh, have it actually be the same piece of music. Yeah. That is played like so it's it's playing with a heroic instrumentation. So it'd mm-hmm. be like a lot of uh, a lot of brass and like a lot of you know strong percussion and it feels like very very heroic Mm -hmm. i guess yeah yeah. uh but then you know when it switches to go to the demonic side have the same piece of music continue playing but with a different instrumentation and maybe like um like switch to a minor key or something like that so it's like Mm -hmm. you really feel uh you know the fact that like that the enemies are moving and that like things are out of your hands and that it's sort of shifted yeah and then you'll feel it again when it comes back to you, and it's your turn. Uh-huh. You'll, you'll like feel it. Well, and I don't know where that idea is going to go, but it's certainly a. I think it's an interesting yeah. starting point. And you referenced uh, a brutal legend stage battle as one of them, right? Like there's when oh right, right, right. right. We talked about mm-hmm. that. So like stage when you're you know, when group A is battling group D, you know, sort of there's this kind of whoever's winning. Iron head and tainted coil. Nobody, yeah, nobody <laughs> outside this room knows. What that oh means. right, uh, <laughs> yeah. I always think of it is that when you're flying near your stage, you're like yeah. hearing your faction's uh, metal coming yep. out of the stage, and then as you go and fly to the other side, it will like crossfade into the yeah. into the other faction's and music, I, and that's yeah. like a really cool again yeah. like thinking about uh, we were talking about how it. it it puts memories in your head. Mm-hmm. It really helps kind of manufacture those memories and, and get you more connected to like what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of metal, sorry. Oh. This up. This was no, funny. no. On the forum, someone started a thread called On Music, and it's just a big discussion thread about people talking about what kind of music Mazo Childs can have and what they think might be cool. Mm-hmm. And so the first post was just, what kind of music do you think we're for? And then the first reply was, for a game called Massive Chalice, metal or symphonic, nothing else can match their histrionics. <laughs> that is amazing. The so speaking, speaking of metal, there's uh, 
We, and I actually really like. I mean, we talked about it's that weird. As well, like, right? Yeah. Like, I really like uh, speed metal and symphonic metal, and, like yeah. matched with fantasy stuff. Yeah. I think that's really awesome. I just wonder if it's like been done too much. It's at this probably point. not. It's probably not this game, especially. Yeah, I thought that was a funny especially post. like. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, I definitely thought you about mentioned three hundred. You know, like which is sort of like an epic, like like symphonic metal. I don't know what it's called, but you you know we played around with that idea. But you know, who knows? It's sort of yeah. up in the air. Still. It's I I would yeah. It, it's something that I feel like has been has been done a lot before. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we should be looking for other yeah. stuff. Uh, but I also don't want it to be like generic, you know, like yeah. um, no, no. kind of like, yeah, I mean, I guess we're, we're trying to avoid like the fantasy tropes all over the place, you know, like no orcs and elves and no dragons, yeah, definitely. And, uh, stuff like that, like have it feel like a more original fantasy world. Yeah. So I think with the music, like we don't want it to be more like a traditional kind of like Tolkien and it, yeah, and I, I mean that I music's amazing. Yeah, like that music's amazing, but it feels very traditional. You know, and, and I it, agree with that. And, and so you I, also even mentioned the, that uh, the metal—it's uh, not even the genre—but you you mentioned something really interesting, which was the concept of detuning, which is very interesting and very experimental. Experimental, which I think also is very interesting to me, which is the concept of the heroic. They're the two same pieces of music, whatever genre we pick. You know, whatever rapping that is, it doesn't matter, right? For as a mm-hmm. sound guy, as a composer, for me, Hip-hop. whether. <laughs> dubstep uh, besides any of the the genres tends to just be uh, rapping the, at the core of the composition is what's important to me uh, and rapping we just you know but the but the whole concept of taking the same piece of music and then detuning the other piece of music like you know using actual acoustic instruments but they're detuned so they're mm-hmm. off key mm-hmm. like quasi tones that's really interesting to me hmm. um, I, I like that. that that actually came from um I like a lot of punk rock. Yeah, so you tune like to D. D. Yeah, like, yeah. But this would know, be like super extreme where uh-huh. like things would just be yeah. out of tune. Just and having some dissonance in the yeah. in the demon side could be really and, awesome too. You like know, that's, that's cool. And we don't have to get it approved by a publisher audio director because because we true. can just approve it <laughs> as long as it's cool. I mean, especially if like the heroic side was very consonant and the demonic side had that dissonance in it. You know, like it mm-hmm. wasn't just one. Uh, overall direction for the whole thing, but mm-hmm. there's like that mm-hmm. very strong sensation. And then yeah. if one of your guides gets corrupted, you could hear that little oh, strain, man. yeah, that's awesome. little strain of distance. That's awesome. I think I that's love cool. That. Yeah, but the, the whole I can just hear that like the strings getting detuned and it's a little out of key. I yeah, think that's totally. super uh, acoustic. It's not a it's not a digital thing. It's something that we can record, and play around with. So maybe in that sense, I could drive the actual uh, musical instrumentation itself. Like, a, what do we? Ha- what can we select that allows for that aesthetic to to play through? Which is kind of I think that's. That pretty much, if you're an audio guy, that's got to kind of tickle your nerd thing a little bit. Just like get your, yeah. get your audio <laughs> nerd gland yeah, just like I mean, engorged. That, yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely engorged. Um, uh, but that's cool. cool. So yeah. like I'm, I'm actually really excited about the fact that this idea is, you know, it's, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can be taken, I mean, much like the, in, the entire Massive Chalice right now is that it's early and it can be taken in a lot of different directions. Yeah. Instrumentation could be whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm stoked to take it to sort of our stable of composers and just be like, hey, like, can you guys work up a sketch? Like, where would you take this idea? Like, what, what do you think is the coolest, you know, uh, human versus demon kind of musical version that you can do? And then just see what they do. Like, yeah. maybe it's two different pieces that you crossfade between. Maybe mm-hmm. it's two different pieces that are tuned differently. Like, I I just, maybe it's, like, actually opposing music that is, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of different ways that it could go. And it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of an exciting thing. I'm, it's I'm, very exciting, yeah. I'm into it. Yep. Um, I thought we should talk about VO before mm-hmm. we wrap this thing up. Yeah. Uh, I like VO. 
Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> so we haven't talked about it a lot, but um, I really want the uh, the main voiced character to be like the the immortal ruler's right hand. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, we haven't decided what this is going to be, but um, it'll be a character. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, good. It'll also be yeah. It'll also be. Um, it has to be something that is immortal that can that can span the timeline as well. So we talked about. I like the idea of it being an object. Being it could be the chalice Being itself. The chalice. It could be a chalice. The massive one. <laughs> yeah. The massive one. Yeah. Oh yeah, the massive one, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would be yeah. the massive chalice. Oh um, my god. Or like part of his throne. Normal his chalice. Yeah, normal. It's a it's a diminutive chalice. <laughs> Uh, but like I, that's I my think competing that, Kickstarter. Just FYI. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a diminutive goblet. Actually, is this other Kickstarter? You guys should back that one. Please, oh, diminutivegoblet.com. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, that I we I've sort of thought of that being the the main speaking role for the game is like the you know this advisor to the to the ruler. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I'm really interested actually. You know, now that we're we're doing this game on our own. Uh, I'm really interested in in Bastion's uh, VO style. Yeah. Uh, not so much like how that. Are you okay, Chris? Chris, <laughs> Chris Remo is choking. Are you, you're going to be okay. That's He's just going to be okay. It's, Give yeah, me the I'm thumbs up. A joke. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Bastion's. You know, I thought that their approach to VO was really great. Um, uh, I I love how it was implemented. You know, mm-hmm. having a dynamic yeah. narrator, and that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about more about their actual production. How it was like. Just one of their buddies. I've met that guy. Is his name Logan? Logan, he's yeah. super nice, cool dude. Um, yeah, and it's just like guy. you know one of their friends who like has a great voice and is like providing like great VO. And they well, he's working on their uh, the new game now. Too, yep. Yeah, Transistor. Transistor. <laughs> and he then, sounds actually really different in that one too, which is kind of cool. That's really yeah. that's really cool. And I well, I just like that you, they can do it. You know, the way that VO sessions usually work on like a like a larger budget game, you have to like have all the dialogue totally locked down, and yeah. then like. You know, here comes the VO date, and like, oh god, I hope we didn't miss anything. Yeah. And it's like there'll be one pickup session, and that's it. And you're just like, you know, there's just a lot of freaking out about it. While other parts of the game will be malleable all the way up until the end. Yeah. Um, the actual VO, like, it, there's just like crazy lockdown dates and yeah. stuff that like f- make me feel very uncomfortable as like a project lead and a game designer. It's like <laughs> it, it's very hard to like be like, yeah, because you know, if we change something, if we add a line to the tutorial. If we're focus testing and we see something that doesn't make sense, it's like, oh man, we could really use a line of VO here, but we well, can't this, do it. This also isn't a game with like a front end script where there's a specific right. story that's going to play out. It's like whatever this character is is going to have to support just the things that are happening in gameplay, and whatever that yep. means is going yeah, to yeah. be determined over the course of the game, rather yeah. than rather than determine the course of. The and game. that's much like Bastion's, um, you know, dynamic narrator yeah. is that any because that guy was part of the team. And uh, they could just have him record lines whenever they were able to just like, oh, hey, that's a cool situation where we could dump an audio line. You know, yeah. you write a couple a couple lines of code, you have him record that line, and then boom, it's yeah. in the game. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And that's uh, that's really impossible on a, yeah. a more traditional kind of like VO schedule. So I'm interested in, in looking for something similar that would let us yeah. do that so, kind so of So what you're saying is... Massive Chalice starring Lee Petty as Massive Chalice. <laughs> oh, my God. I think yeah, Lee yeah, Petty yeah. would be a Lee. fine Massive Chalice. Uh, yeah. Well, just launching up on that, yeah, that the luxury of, like, iteration 
uh, and ref- like you reflect on it because uh, that's the one thing that you can have. You know, you can't have you don't have the big budget, but you have the the luxury of iteration and, and reflection when you have an embedded team. And so that's what I think you're talking about when when that the production approach. It may not just be the VO approach of some guy that was happened that happened to be part of the team, mm-hmm. but I think I want to approach pretty much all of the audio that way, whether it's the music, whether it's uh, sound design, or whether whether it's VO. I think the concept is that the way to get great creative product and compelling uh, uh, experience for our, our backers is I think that idea of iteration and sort of a slow burn and, and, and uh, putting ideas because that's, that's how I think we could compete at a compelling level because at the end of the day whether like that one hour that you spend as a gamer it's just it could be a triple a or it could be anything but you know as for as an artist i think you're always compelled to to have that so uh with vo i think uh, uh as a second secondary note yeah you know that's one of the things we're like oh man that's so expensive how are we going to do that and so one way is to kind of have like a guy do it but uh th- but the second aspect of it is is that we don't want to ignore those three things like you know like some people uh in order for you to like save budget like well we'll just cut this this and we'll have that but i think with audio if you think about it like music you know which is like organized sound and mm-hmm. then you have like disorganized sound and then the human voice those are like three very proven distinct kinds of elements in audio that's very comp- compelling and separate and distinct so to to just chuck out like like audio like vo completely is kind of like saying i don't want to use any red in my well, i don't know if that's the right analogy but like <laughs> like it's a, it's a visual spectrum that you're just completely ignoring and you you know you want to have find some way even if it's like really low budgeted or or elbow greased into it I'll find a way to put that in because that just makes the gaming experience sonically that much more rich so even if it means just one character even if it means something you know i'm always trying to like kind of campaign to our project leads hey you know i know it's tight but maybe we can find some clever way to put that in because that's just going to get you a better polished you know, product so. Lee Petty is the massive chalice. That, oh, yeah. that would save us. Done. Right? Yeah. yeah. Done. Done. Send send over the paperwork. All right. Well, we got. I think we got good work done here today, guys. Yeah. <laughs> there was. Uh, I think we made some key decisions. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there was there was one other thing that I want to talk about, Brian, and that was like so, uh, you know, in Massive Chalice, you're you're really supposed to be, you know, I want the players to feel like they are protecting the entire kingdom. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we also want you to have these like intimate tactical battles where you're at the human scale and you're only controlling, you know, a small party of, of these heroes. But we really do want there to feel like, we want you to feel like there's a larger battle going on. Like, I've, I've talked about these as, oh, like, yeah. these, are the pivo- these are the pivotal battles, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's cool. These are the pivotal tactical battles. So it's like, um, you know, there is actually a war between, like, the, um, the demon army and the human army, and it's a very large-scale kind of thing. But these tactical battles are, like, you know, the human heroes against the demon generals. And, like, you know, it's, like, on the knife edge. Like, the armies are perfectly matched. But, like, <laughs> you know, it's, like, if it, you know, if the human if the human heroes win this small skirmish, yeah. that will, like, inspire the army and, like, they'll win. Mm-hmm. But if they lose to the demon generals, then it'll go the other way. And then you'll, you'll actually lose this whole piece of the nation or something like that. Yeah. So we talked a lot about this soundscape of, like, how do we make it feel like there's a larger battle going on around you. Yeah. And you had this great idea that... You know, hey, we could actually right. have, um, we could put out the call to, to backers and have them 
provide like short audio clips of them stomping or shouting or you know <laughs> yeah. like like battle sounds yep, yep. you know just sort of yeah. very generic but, like hey just give us battle sounds and then yeah, people just yeah. start sending sending these things in and we can just um yeah i don't know like exactly yeah, what you were gonna <laughs> maybe you can explain what you were gonna do with it well uh, I, didn't uh, quite... I did send in my clip for dark knight rises so like hans zimmer had this thing about uh like saying one of the lines from from dark knight rises and then they put that into the crowd when like we're sort of like Asking our Dark Knight to rise, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of concept. But uh, some of the some people thought that it was cheesy. Some people thought that it was really cool. Um, I tend to lead on the more cool side, just because it happened. You know, he didn't kickstart the project, but he you do did. tend to lean on the cool side. <laughs> yeah, I would I would say that too. Chris. So, I think Brad. Uh, so cool I think I thought you know, I pitched this idea to Brad, and he, he thought it was good. Uh, the idea of getting how can we get the uh, the crowd uh, the our our backers to get involved in more, and that's the concept of you know doing these things called Walla. That's the the pro speak for oh, okay. It's called Walla, which is basically there were these groups. If you, uh, for example, uh, uh, my first experience at, at Walla in Hollywood is just basically, hey, there's the main voice actors, but who do who does the the background dudes in the crowd? Uh, because that's not actually production sound. They don't record it on set. Sometimes they need to actually record them and simulate it. So their term Walla was developed where they just get actually a group of trained actors to do sort of simulated background voices on top of. So if somebody gets shot. You know the the restaurant crowd. <gasps> yeah, the gas. Hey, very good. That's uh, <laughs> what do you think? That was that was my walla. Yeah, that's for watching you like work. For watching walla. you get don't, shot. Yeah, don't call us. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you know uh, we could possibly do that with our backers. Um, you know, just you know we can you know thanks to digital technology, it's possible that we may ask you to send in just like what the Broken Age did recently with that video clip. Uh, if you have uh, a decent webcam, perhaps you can do some some of your best death sounds or whatnot, and <laughs> and we'll compile it into this giant walla, and and that could possibly be uh, in the game. And it I think that's really kind of awesome. yeah, that sounds really fun. Yeah, sweet, Chris, you've been manipulating your iPhone over there. Like, do you have any questions that have anybody um, submitted any questions? I was just yeah. I mean, we didn't we didn't solicit them, but we do have this thread that was kind of cool. Um, Someone said, I mean, you know, and just to preface this, like, we don't know, obviously, what the music's going to be yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I thought just some interesting posts from people here said, uh, I think they should look at some interesting cultural influences. Given the visual influence, it might be better to seek out some Eastern European and Russian influences. Mm-hmm. I think they'll want quite a bold style to go with the big, over-the-top, epic timeline, massive chaliceness of the game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Eastern European and Russian music has this bombast. Mm-hmm. And that was from that's, Surplus Gamer. I like that. That's yeah. very cool. I like well, that a lot. I think that's good. Uh, and I do love the the whole like crowdsourcing. Um, it's kind of like that. Uh, what is that? Who wants to be a millionaire? There's like the ask the crowd. <laughs> the funny yeah. thing is that you know on on really specific things where the question is like fifty fifty, it's mm-hmm. it, it, they tend to be uh, um, you know ambiguous. But on on some of the stuff, they're they're pretty right on. If there's a there's a right way to. Like, you know, and our backers are quite intelligent. I wish we could do that thing, like, where we're about to, um, you know, make a game design decision and we could just do, (laughs) we have four choices. Phone call. Let's just eliminate, (laughs) let's just eliminate two of the wrong ones. (laughs) It's the 50 50. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one is. That would be so uh, amazing. And then the phone a friend. I feel like we've done that. You know who I feel like actually could do that is just Lee Petty. Be like, Lee, yeah. which are the ones that are like, wrong? Just, just tell me. That? You're some yeah. kind of weird game development wizard. Just yeah, 50-50. What are the ones I mean, that are wrong? I feel like like we just talked with Jake Solomon. That was awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, I feel yeah. like we did there use, we used one of our lifelines. Yep. We like yep. phoned a friend to talk to him about it. But yeah, yeah that fifty-fifty awesome. thing would be fantastic. Here's another one from uh, Freelance Beyond. 
Freeland's Spion? I don't know. He says, I, for one, think it would be cool if they tried some stuff with maybe minimalist primitive instruments and horns and so on, not the actual modern instruments. Maybe play around with notes that are slightly off, like an epic orchestra army non-poppy version of Maher Shal Hashbaz. I'm not familiar with that because I'm, I'm not either. I'm no, no, either. But like that's the. But thing, he says try to get that raw cool. primitive feeling in. Yeah, he's talking about so uh, basically a soundtrack that's not uh, it's you know set to the modern 440 maybe like 380 or 360. That's and the, like I think also he means yeah. using instruments that aren't necessarily like standard concerts. That sounds yep. awesome. It's, it's, yeah. it's sort of beyond the 12 tone. Yeah, it's like when we uh, when we talked with uh, Austin and Wintry and he said he recorded with a serpent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something, something crazy yeah, like some that. Crazy yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I do, I do like that. That palette of uh, because that plays with the concept of things being detuned. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that 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 would be extremely unsettling if I, you know, as a mm-hmm. as a as a modern composer where we're so dead set on. You know, 440. Like, if, for example, uh, uh, that's the thing you used to do when you try to learn a tune or something. You, I, you know, I, I used to basically um, put a tape recorder, play it back, and uh, you would just sort of like hack and figure out the soundtrack. Mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. in the day, well, so nowadays, because everything is digitally tuned to 440, which is this tone that they use for A, that any tune that you put into your iPod and you play it, your you know regular Casio keyboard, what it'll just be right in tune and you can do it. It wasn't like that back then. Uh, some some of the older recordings you try to play on top of it, it's out of tune. Like oh, it's oh, crazy. And so the concept of things being out of tune is really interesting, and that kind of makes me think of that because that the, the the concept of things being primitive really is the fact that intonation or that pitch is sort of it's not quite. That's you know, really cool right. too because I you know we've talked a lot about in the art how we want things to feel like really either out of time or just timeless and really old. Yeah. So like. Yeah, I, that's really interesting. That could be a really nice match with well, you, you um, know what I like the audio about that is, is like that. One of my favorite. This is such a small thing, but it's, it's one of my favorite visual things that we've put out there about the game is um, specifically the typeface that Corey Schmitz used to set Massive Chalice. Uh, it's called Stanza, and it's like I think that choice was so great because it doesn't look like your traditional um, kind of illuminated manuscript. Mm-hmm. font that you associate often with medieval stuff or like sort of German Germanic kind of gothic it doesn't look like that either yeah. it's this yeah. very brutal yeah. uh, kind of primitive um, typesetting uh-huh. that I think it looks like how the words massive chalice sound yeah, and yeah. I, yeah and it like, really does you could imagine that easily extending to the music in some way as well where well, there's there's some yeah. there's some la- there's like not that sheen of um, of kind of polish and like reality yeah, yeah. to it, it that, like that's gone you know like that's a often part of uh-huh. medieval influenced fantasy. And yeah, I think it'd yeah. be interesting to like dispense with that. So if, if you know we have a great you know massive chalice theme and some you know kid wants to get the MP3 and try to play along with it, oh I can't because it's not in tune. That would be kind of kind of you know <laughs> you, on their garage band. You want to make that kid? Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you want to ruin that kid's doll. day? Like, oh my god! Oh, if a yes. little child wants to play yes. along to the just, massive chalice theme, oh just watch them try. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But, Man, have you guys seen the video? This is like one of my favorite videos in the world um, where uh, Van Halen is playing Jump live and the tape, like the actual synth recording that they're playing along to is is tuned differently. Like it's not at 440. Oh, no. no. Like they're playing it back at the wrong frequency. So So it's like a quarter tone or like a semitone off from what the rest of the band is playing. And so you hear the like, dude. 
And that it starts with just that, and then the guitar comes in. And like, <laughs> oh, and it's like out of tune. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. And like it's just, and they play the entire song. They don't stop and like retune. So wow. they play the entire song, and it's just the most awful, oh, man. just terrible yeah. thing you've I ever heard in your life. I wonder what you that's would do. So like, funny. what if you were oh, Van Halen yeah. and you had to? Yeah, do, I ask oh. myself that a lot, just in general. Yeah, what if, just, I were what Van if Halen? I was Van Halen? They probably but you just especially have, uh, wonder yeah. when you're watching this video. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, the, you mentioned the 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 massive chalice, uh, and uh, the, when I first looked at the poster, and I didn't get the whole face kind of thing. Again, that asymmetry. You know mm-hmm. when the mm-hmm. you know the reason why I know that is because when I was modeling that massive chalice in my Minecraft. So oh right, my yeah. homage. You've been I, know, I love and, you. Yeah, and then I was <laughs> noticing that uh, for the fans, uh, whatever I and modeled. I put it out on Twitter. Yes, like a lot of fates. Hopefully, people saw it. But um, the fact that the the chalice is like not symmetric. That was really disconcerting. Like, what happened? Did somebody miss you? And then I realized, oh, that's the face. And uh, I think that could actually you mirror. got FedExed. <laughs> I think that really mirrors that concept. I'm going to really play with that. The concept of things not quite, you know, being primitive and not being in tune. I think there's something to be said about there. Yeah. And there's a lot of possibilities, which I is... I think that's really cool. I wonder if really, you went... Really I wonder cool. if just we, we experimented with that for just the demon faction. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. what if you were going from a 440 to a not... Like what is that going to sound like? That's like crazy. that would be. It seems like it could add to the creepiness of what's going on. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, there's there's. What I if think... what if it the whole thing was just like randomly banging a piano? <laughs> like sure I mean, like subversive, the... but like subversive. You know, yeah, yeah. Like really the... play with your expectations. <laughs> just really ruin little Johnny's life. Oh, who's trying man. to learn. Just trying to learn that theme, and you're oh, like, man, no, you he's don't. He's gonna be so sad. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, I hate that oh. kid. So I'm totally fine oh. with organizing our musical strategy yeah. around just making <laughs> around making very his uncomfortable life. and oh, so sad. terrible. You know? Again, uh, just great. Uh, I think you think about great ideas like Massive Chalice. Uh, one of the, the best things about it is yeah. that yeah. great ideas like Massive Chalice. Yeah. Keep talking, Brian. I'm listening. <laughs> well, because you can tell the way you test that usually is it's got the tension, and when when there's <clears> tension, <throat> it 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 gives room for spawning new ideas like that, like the fact that you had this. Master Chess logo, and then like Corey was able to do this cool artwork that's not quite symmetric, and then I kind of, kind of bounce on that of thinking about detuning. All that stuff just makes things super exciting, and those are the kind of things that makes independent game developing so amazingly uh, uh, exhilarating. Because I tell you what, in a larger setting where it's not, there is always some guy that just wants to side, just wants you, you to zimmer it. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah. Or, or, or in, it. not just Zimmer, but in, but in uh, whether it's not just audio, but with art, whether it's game design, there's this kind of like the buzz killer. Like, you know, you're in this exhilaration like, nah, because they don't get it. They don't understand the synergy or this kind of, you know, we, you think you a lot about you it. You can't use the word synergy. When you're I'm sorry. About <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I want to stick it to the man. Yeah, I mean, we're going to uh, use synergy. synergy. Just, yeah, fuck or, the man. Yeah, this, it's all about synergy. Like, but, I, don't, I don't know about that one. Uh, I, I just, uh, <laughs> so if there's anything, that that is like the most uh, exhilarating. And It's cool. I mean, that, you know, yeah, we, have a, me up. we have our own we have our own constraints, you know? I mean, like, like obviously there's a lot of like budgetary constraints and some other constraints. But, yeah, it's, I mean... I, I, want, I want, it does breed a lot of creativity yeah. as well. And I want the backers to know that. I want the backers to know that that's the opportunity you've 
you've given us as game developers for oh, you guys is when you guys backed yeah. us, you've given us artists and developers and, and audio guys that thrill of taking a great idea and just running with it, trusting our instinct. And I, in my professional career, uh, in, outside that model, very, very near impossible to do that. And there's always some it's buzz tough. killer. Yeah, and you it need is, to have a really strong advocate yeah. on the uh, publishing side. And, and, and the only way to, that you cope with that, you know, being demoralized is that well they got the giant money bags holding you over so you're just like oh i'm really they're crushing my soul but they're holding a large bag of money so i guess i'll just let them crush me with this giant bag of money but again <laughs> also we're not naming any names this happened to you eight years ago or more yes absolutely this yeah. is all hypothetical uh, uh, so you know this is uh, what what an amazing opportunity so thank you backers for that it is it is awesome thank you backers thank you. you are actually the best yeah, it's true. Yeah. You're the best. I determined it empirically. <laughs> okay, I think we're gonna take this thing home. Did cool. we just take it home? Was that it? I think it's home now. Yeah. I think it's home. Thanks for thanks for listening to this, guys. Massivechallis.com. Massivechallis.com. Thank you guys. We might do more of these. This one occurred spontaneously. Yes. So you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do more of these. Let's do it. Hey. Bye.